Welcome to the Love and Grace podcast. My name is Joel Minkin. Today in studio, I've got Ronnie Barker. Hey, what's up, guys? And via Zoom, we have got Justin Miller. Hello, Justin. Hey, hey. Awesome. It's good to be here. Awesome. Justin, I got to meet you at some event, just happened to be the person that was leading this event be, because of internet things. And we we got hit off pretty good and I love hearing your story. And it's completely, completely polar opposite to what I grew up around. And I would love yeah. for that, uh, for people to hear that and, and to, to see your story. So first off, where's home for you? Home right now is in Sugar Creek, Ohio, which is actually where I was I was born. So it kind of went full circle, it seems, where I started, started off in Sugar Creek and then ended up in Mount Vernon, Ohio, then out in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for a while, and then back to Sugar Creek. So, so yes, yeah, so Sugar Creek, Ohio, big old town of Sugar Creek. Not, not, not too big, but it's full of Amish people. So okay. that's a plus. So um, growing up in an Amish neighborhood, did you grow up as in a Christian family? Yes, I actually, I, I did grow up fully Amish. I was Amish till I was 14. Um, like I, I was used to just, and, and it's kind of weird because people ask me a lot of times like, Amish, how is it like, like, is it this? And this? I don't think about it. So I don't know what to say sometimes, but it's essentially, yes, horse and buggy, no electricity. Um, that was just normal. Um, and I grew up in a Christian home, like like my parents. They they read the Bible. They they taught about the stories of Jesus. So I remember we had these these sets of books. And I just I just this this past two weeks, I've been helping my parents move, and I noticed these books again, and they kind of brought back a lot of memories. But but essentially, like there's these sets of books that were just had a bunch of Bible stories in it. And so my 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 mom would always before bed, we'd read through a Bible story, and it, and it was like one of one of the ways we went to bed that, that's just one of our routines and it was kind of cool just to see that and be reminded of it but yes i was i grew up in a christian home um they loved jesus but it was it, it was from a standpoint of of more a religious kind of mindset um i don't know how deep you want to go into that but it, it was it was it was not the fullness of of truly encountering god which i'm sure we'll get into um, but yes, I grew up Amish till I was 14. My dad passed away when, when I was 14 in a, in a crazy accident and it kind of put my world upside down was the rough, the, probably the hardest year of my life at that time and the hardest day of my life when that happened. And there was just uh, a lot of things that happened in the following years then that was just kind of crazy. Okay. So you, you talked about encountering Jesus. What what was the big, big or the first thing that you remember of actually an encounter with Jesus versus something you learned because of something your parents were teaching you? Yeah. So again, let's 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 let, let me continue a little bit more of my story of like uh, after my dad passed away, we ended up the rest of us fa the family. I was the oldest. I was the oldest son, and then I have a younger sister and a younger brother. Um, and my mom, we ended up leaving the Amish church and leaving the community altogether, moving an hour south of where we lived into Mount Vernon, Ohio. And we ended up going to a conservative Mennonite church 
So it was like a step above the Amish where we now we had cars, we had electricity. I mean, I could go get a haircut. I mean, I could wear English clothes. And it was, it was just interesting where it was like, it was like a whole life change in a year. Because in, a, in, a, in one year, my dad passes away. We ended up leaving the Amish church, going to moving to a whole different community, going to a conservative Mennonite church. And my mom gets remarried a year and two days after my dad passed away. So all this happens in one year, and I didn't know what was up. Like, uh, like I couldn't handle it emotionally. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to deal with the things I was feeling. And, and I was, I was scared of losing people because I lost my dad. And therefore what I would, what would happen in this new community, I would push myself onto people. And I didn't, I didn't feel like I could ever, I was ever good enough. Like I could fit in. I was, I was always struggling. I was super depressed throughout my teenage years. And I didn't like at first when we moved to a new place, like, like they kind of had, like I had what I would kind of almost call pity friends where they were like, they heard my story. And so they would try to be friends with me and I would just drive them away after a while because I would push myself onto them so much and was so scared of losing them. And so naturally what happens, your fears like produce a reality where I kind of lost them in a sense, you know, and I didn't know, like, and I just went back and I just went deeper into depression. And so I was not in a good place for, Oh, quite a while. And I ended up going to this conference and this is like encountering God for me. Like it, it was like, it came in levels, I guess, like the first step. And this is the first step right here as I'm about to ready to share is like, I started, I, I was invited to this youth conference and the youth conference was called take back your life conference. And, and what they did there is they would intentionally teach about getting rid of the lies that you believed and replacing them with the truth of who God says you are. And in those moments, I started recognizing all these different lies I believed about myself. About about because when, when when my dad passed away, I felt like it was God doing it. And because everything like I was taught like growing up, everything is like the will of God, it was just this time to go. And all these things that people say, they do it comfortingly, but but what happens is I blame God for it. And it was really the circumstances of the world that that like bad stuff happened to good people because there's evil in this world, right? And so anyway, so I blamed God for it. And so I didn't think I was I thought God was judging me and I was therefore not good enough to have a have a dad and that God I wasn't good enough for God. And that belief is the kind of the core belief that carried me through my teenage years. So for the first time in this conference, I started like entertaining the idea that that's not true. And so it, it started opening me, myself up in a sense of actually hearing truth and getting to know who God truly was. And so I would say that was the start of the journey, but that was really just the start. Um, over the past, over the next couple of years, I went to that conference and the adult version of that conference like five times because I wanted to know this stuff. I want to get out of myself <laughs> and get to know who God really was. And it was, again, this was a starting point, but and it opened me up to starting to kind of see the truth. However, even during throughout this time, there's one thing, there's two things that I still struggled with. One was depression and with it was pornography and I could not get rid of it. Like no matter how hard I tried, I just like, it was still there. And, and I hated myself because of it. I would always go like, I, I'm sure 
like everybody can relate to the, the the cycle of shame that we tend to go through when it comes to stuff like that, where we're like, we 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 judge yourself according to our performance of of how 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 much did I not watch porn this next last week or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is because we judge ourselves according to performance, if we don't do a certain action, we feel good and our life kind of goes up, right? And we're like. We're like, yeah, we're doing good. We're this is good, right? Then all of a sudden, the one misaction, and we're down to the bottom again. And so then, then we judge ourselves as not being good enough. And so constantly, like people just go through these cycles, go through these cycles, go through these cycles. And that's where I was at, and and I couldn't get rid of this 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 hold on my life with 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 that specifically with pornography, and and watching pornography, I hated myself for it, and. So what happened is uh, I was invited one one day to this conference one evening that was happening at a local church that that the the pastor's daughter worked with me in our our family store and and she invited me and was like sure I'll, I'll show up and I, I showed up and for the first time in my life I saw I saw the goodness of God in a way that I didn't know was possible. Like everything was like the the take back your life conferences, like and all that stuff. Like everything I had been going through and been entertaining, led up. I feel like it like led up to this moment. Like this was the crux of it. This was the like the the main thing, right? And the, this big moment. And in in this moment, like that in that conference for the first time in my life, I saw people get healed right in front of my eyes. Where where people with shoulder issues were were throwing stuff across the room and they couldn't do that before without like immense pain. Mm-hmm. And they were astounded. Like I could, you could tell like they weren't faking it or whatever. It was true. It was real. And I also, for the first time in my life, like I learned that I could actually hear the voice of God. Like up to that point, it was just like, like you kind of read the Bible and that was the way that you kind of said that you were hearing the voice of God just by reading the Bible, but, and it was, it was just based on your relationship with the, with the book versus or your relationship with the Holy spirit. And so the first time in my life, I started like, like they entertain, like they taught us about prophecy and stuff like that. And I started actually like hearing the voice of God in my life. And, but it all came down to this moment where they had a, a fire tunnel where if you don't know what a fire tunnel is, is essentially people create a tunnel and you walk through the middle and they pray for you as you walk through the middle, which is really cool. And as I was, as I was being prayed for and, and walking through this and being prayed for, I felt this, this tangible love of God in a way that I didn't know existed, right? And in that moment, I, I, experienced, I experienced being loved and desired by God which was something I never experienced before. I, in fact, like, like I said, like my, when my dad passed away, my whole life was based on this idea, this false belief that I wasn't good enough for God because he had taken, and he was judging me because he had taken my dad away. Like that's the way I saw it. Mm. And subconsciously that's what I believe. And so, so in that moment, experiencing a love, that tangible love of God where it felt like, it felt like kind of like you're a waterfall, like washing over me, but like not, not, not like high pressure. It was just like flowing over me. And it was like, it's kind of hard to explain, but I felt it tangibly. And when that happened, it completely shifted my mindset. And all of a sudden I felt desired 
I felt loved. And in that moment, here's the cool thing. In that moment, like the pornography and the depression I had been fighting completely disappeared. I had no need for it anymore. And that's when I realized like the reason I was watching those, watching pornography is it was kind of my way of, of feeling loved and desired. Mm-hmm. But the moment that I felt loved and desired by God, I didn't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of that's like the awesome thing is like a lot of times the, the stuff, the sin that we do really just comes from places of lack in our own lives in our own minds where we, where we feel like we lack something. So we try to find it somewhere instead of recognizing that we have it in him and experiencing it in him. Because when we experience it in God, then we don't need the thing anymore. So yeah, that was, that was my, like when it comes to the first time experiencing him, like that was, that was a turning point. And I remember like after that happened, like for, for two weeks straight, I would go to bed and I wake up with these excitement butterflies in my stomach where, you know, when you're a little kid ready to go on a field trip the next day mm-hmm. for school and you're just like so excited about it. That's how I felt. And I was just so excited about God. And that was the start of it. That was the start of it. Um, when you were still at home with, with uh, your mom and, and stepdad at that time, right? Correct. Okay. Still going to a conservative Mennonite church. Did, um, did your your parents have any concern or interest interest in your discoveries with with Jesus? So, with a relationship. So at, at first, like like they were they were all like they would have all said they're devout Christians and stuff. But at first, like after experiencing this, and like I go to I go to Walmart and go pray for people, or. Or, or a lot of like I remember one of the first times I go to I go to Walmart and I try to I want to go pray for people but I didn't have the guts to do it so I just didn't actually pray for anybody mm-hmm. just kind of ended up walking out but anyway I would go do those things and I was like like they could like they started seeing a change in my life and so the, they they were skeptical very skeptical about it um, at first it was like yeah whatever. Um, this is just one of those highs, you know, you go on a, on a mission trip and you just have this high for a while and it's going to be gone, but no, it actually changed my life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and because it changed my life, like they, it, it took a couple of years, but they ended up going like currently they're going to the church that I had that encounter in. So it, after, after a couple of years, they left the Mennonite church and ended up going to that church. Um, simply because they saw the change in my life and they started experiencing God for themselves and were open to all that stuff as well. Um, so yeah, there's, there, there's a lot of, a lot of depth we could go into mm-hmm. in the, in that, in that process. I don't know how deep you want to go. Well, we've got an hour, so let's, um, let's, let's dig into those a little bit. So, um, okay. what, what was that? That transition. What was that awkward time like, between you seeing you seeing Christianity and a relationship with Jesus slightly different than your parents? So, for me, I was just so excited. Like I couldn't stop consuming content. Like I, I, I would go, I would go and watch. I'd listen to hours, probably every day, hours of Bethel teaching 
Bill Johnson and Chris Vallotton and Danny Silk and all those guys. Like I, I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And then also another thing that happened is like I started reading books like crazy. And up before that, like it took me a year to read a book and I'd read half of it and not actually ever finish it. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't get myself to read. I wasn't interested enough. Right. But after it, like, like I just start, I just consume content, consume content. And so like my parents, they were just like, okay, cool. Like my, like my mom, like she really trusted me. So she was just curious. She wasn't like, she was just a little skeptical. Like, okay, that's like, go for it, whatever. Right. And Mm -hmm. then, but the thing that really started as I said, like, as I started just like actually being consistent in the way that I showed up and loved and was excited about God, where it was not something that was going to go away, like they really started entertaining it more and they started questioning it more. Like I'm trying to remember details of that. But one, one thing I do remember for sure is like going back to the Mennonite church, because I, I would go back to the Mennonite church and I didn't know how to, like I'd share testimonies and they didn't know how to receive them. Mm. because it was beyond their scope of what they really believed. Like, like I'd, I'd share about meeting people and praying for them and them being healed or, or like uh, going to the conference and people's shoulders being healed and stuff like that. I shared different testimonies of that and they just didn't know how to react to it. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they never heard it. So like they weren't, yeah, they didn't know how to react. However, there is something that for myself, and I th- this is kind of the depth that I wanted to really hit, was that in that first moment, like I like after experiencing this, like I was like, everybody else needs to experience this. Mm-hmm. But my problem was there was some immaturity in it. Like I didn't know how to love people where they were at. Instead, tried to force stuff on people, and I realized after a while that that doesn't work it just kind of takes people off mm-hmm. um and which which if we're talking about love and grace like you got to have love for people and grace for people where they're at and actually meet them and take the time to become all things to all people so you can at least win some so you can at least like connect with a couple you know mm-hmm. and so that was the one thing that i learned kind of the hard way um also with that, because all this stuff was new and especially like the miracles thing and like, like I hadn't seen any miracle before that, you know, and all of a sudden like people are getting healed in front of me and then I'm praying for people and I've seen different people get healed. I got, I got really caught up in it in a way that was unhealthy mm. because I was like, I was so excited about it and it almost became like my sister, I was having a conversation with my sister I don't know how long ago this was maybe a couple months ago or so. And she was, and we were kind of reminiscing about this. And she was like, she was like, well, to be honest, when you first started, like I was very, very skeptical because of the fact that you were, were going after miracles so much. Mm. And she's like, that can't be it. Like that's, that, that's not a, like that's, that can't be the crux of the gospel. And she was just skeptical about that, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was it was it more of from your point of view of going after the miracles instead of going after God? Was it was yes. it wanting to see see things happen versus a relationship where um, signs follow those who believe? Yes. Okay. It was 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 from a good heart, but 
my focus was, and this is a big thing that I learned. This is like the biggest lesson ever. My focus was just slightly shifted too much on the miracle end versus just fully like living in Christ and being loved and living in that place of love and be, living in that place of intimacy. Um, with that, I did have a lot of intimacy with him, but it was, it was, my focus was just a little bit off. And here's the big thing I learned throughout the years is that anytime your focus, like people can focus on things that are good, like miracles are good. There, there's something I feel like it's natural, like as we are who we are in Christ, it's going to be a natural sign that follows us. Mm-hmm. And so they're good. But in the same way, like, like if, if you focus on specific elements of the gospel, even beyond just focusing on Christ, then it can get twisted. Like, like take the, the concept of like uh, unity with God. And so what, what happens is uh, like some people that I know of have fallen into a trap where they're trying, they're, they're like going after unity in a way where they're kind of, it becomes this works oriented, like pseudo unity that like, like you got to do it this way or that way. And it's like gets off of the truth because even though it's a, it's a good thing and it's a real thing. If that focus is, if it's not fully aligned with being in Christ and just Christ himself and that's it, like, like to know him is everything. And then it can get twisted. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So Justin, what I, what I love about what you're saying is it it reminds me of what you were saying earlier about the, like the cycle of shame. And uh-huh. I, I liked how you compared it to like trying to climb a ladder because then it becomes like results based to where it's like, well, you know, I doing this and doing this and doing this. And then you, you make a mistake or you trip up and then you're at the bottom of the ladder. And then also seeing how there's this almost comparative adverse to where we can even treat our Christianity that way to where it's like, well, you know, I haven't, I haven't brought so many souls um, to, um, to Jesus this week, or I haven't seen any miracles or I haven't prayed enough. And so it's like, we kind of get into the cycle of like doing these things. Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah. like we have a day where we just have a bad day and then it's like, Oh geez, now I got to feel like I have to work all the way towards, like, I just, I'm losing my, my traction, you know, so to speak. Um, yeah. so I guess looking at, at that context, when it comes to breaking cycles, what would you say kind of brought you to a point where you crossed over from that point of like chasing miracles to actually pursuing Christ? That's a good question. I feel like, I feel like the big thing was just like, like it was just honestly recognizing where I was in. Um, a lot of it actually happened. I like, okay. So September 2012 was when I went to that conference and I had the encounter with God. Then I was all fired up and I would do it like went after the miracle stuff for a bit. And then in September 2013, I moved to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, went to a ministry school. And in that ministry school, uh, like in the first year, like it, it was just a lot of learning. Like I didn't know, like I was just intrigued with 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 God. And so it was a lot of learning. But the second year, I feel like I, I started maturing more. And and so in that maturity, I started recognizing that 
it's like literally we can it's all about him period like there's nothing else like that that place of love that place of intimacy like it's uh, the gospel is so simple it is so simple it's just enjoying jesus and being in that place of intimacy and 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 love like it's love period and and so i i that's when i started recognizing it i started recognizing that whoa i had a little bit of a too much of a a focus on and doing these things i had too much of focus of doing of of like like you said like even going and praying for people even even like um going and saving people or whatever it may be whatever that doing is reading the bible or whatever like it's good stuff and it should flow from you effortlessly but I, I, my focus was misaligned. It was more about doing the stuff rather than being in Christ and living from that place of what's he, what's he saying, like vibing with him where it's like, you're constantly in this place of intimacy. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like that was a big, the, yeah, it was, it was, it was a learning process. Mm-hmm. But when you start rec- like to get out of the cycle, you got to recognize the cycle that you're in. Right. That's oh, one of the absolutely. first steps. Because when when you start recognizing, then you can like, okay, what's what's the truth? Yeah. What's 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 the what's the main thing? Okay. And the main thing, like like, it simplifies life. And everything is like, whoa, it's just Jesus because He's good, and He loves you. Mm-hmm. And you get to be in this place of actual relationship with the King of Kings. Right. You get to be in that relationship. Yeah. And that even reminds me of the conversation that we had um, before the show started um, that, you know, if if truth is eternal as God is eternal, because God is truth, it's an essence of truth, um, then we are to in all things remember. First and foremost, when we when we are in the midst of doing something, you know, if it's, uh, and I love it because even, even Jesus points to that in the, well, within the new Testament and just the scripture in general that, you know, what you do unto these, you do unto me. It's remember who you're doing this to and for, you know, on our best day, when we're feeding the hungry, when we're, you know, giving to the poor, when we're, we're, you know, loving the widow and the orphan, um, remember who you do these things to and for, and on our worst day, just that sobering reality of like, keep in mind and be mindful, be aware and remember who it is that is always before you. Yes, it's, it's really like in, in every moment, it's, it's a question of where are you putting, where are you setting your affection on? Mm. Where are you putting your attention to? Because... And that's why it's so easy. Like that's why it can tend to be easy to kind of drift is because we tend to put our attention and our affection toward things that are good, but they're not God. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So like even business stuff, like, uh, like for me, that was a big thing for me because I, I, I run my own business is, for a long time, I, I, I put my f- attention and affection toward my business of trying to grow this thing. And, 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 and I realized like I, I, over a period of time that, that me just trying to do stuff doesn't work that great. 
But when I'm in him, then, then it's like, then my focus is right. And my, my attention is right. And all of a sudden stuff clicks together and works like there's favor there. And so, so yeah, like they're, they're like where we set our attention, where we set our focus, where, where, where we put our affection, where, where, where we point it toward, that's the thing that matters. And, and there's lots of distractions and that want to take those things away and have you misdirect it. But when we focus in and we, and I always come back to this, it's like, it's just in that place of love. Like if I would be like, I, I was thinking about this because we get to be, a, be come, come to a point in our lives where we're so overwhelmed with, with just the love of God on a consistent basis where we wouldn't care if we would be locked in a, in a prison cell for the rest of our lives just with him or if we're out in front of crowds and crowds of people preaching the gospel where it doesn't make any difference where if I wake up tomorrow morning and I lose everything, or if I woke woke up tomorrow morning, and I'm giving a million dollar home or whatever it may be, then it shouldn't make any difference because we're in him and in him. There's just, well, there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in him. There's complete love. There's complete peace. There's complete joy. There's no lack. And so it's like, like coming to a place in our lives where we're just, it's Jesus and we're full, we're complete. We don't lack anything because he does it. He's done it. And so it's, 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 it's coming to that point. And that's the thing that I like, that I like, that gets me excited. That's the thing that, that's the vision that I see for myself and for the people around me is be able to come to a point in their lives where it's consistent, just Jesus, it's good. Justin, you talked about having your own business. Um, what what is it that you do? And then, as a side note, how have you been able to take love and grace and the knowledge of of a relationship with Jesus to to your your work? Yes, good question. Because this is a story as well. So when back when I was. 18, I believe, or 19, I was doing construction work. And in the middle of the construction, in the middle of winter, there was a, it was a couple of weeks where it was just too cold and too bad to even work. So I was taking off and I was like, hmm, what could I do to get some extra side income? And so I looked it up and I came across this, this online marketing thing. It was a little bit of a scam, to be honest, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it, it put a bug in my in my spirit, in my soul, I guess, for something good. But in in the in the mean in the time being, it was this thing called affiliate marketing, where you essentially you advertise for other other people, and then you got a percentage of the sale once the sale was made. And so I tried it out and I tested it out, but uh, and, and I basically broke even for a while. Didn't really make any money. But I kind of caught the bug of like, hmm, selling stuff online. This could be really good. Now, initially, my 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 idea was like, it, I was the, the, I was a little bit greedy. Like my mindset was a little bit greedy. It was like, man, I could make a million dollars with this if I do this right, right? So it was it was mm-hmm. it was it was a little bit misaligned. Let's just put it that way. But but in the time being, I learned how to build websites. So I started building websites for people. Then I learned how to do online marketing stuff and start selling stuff. Like, and I started doing that some for some people. 
but again, like, like the foundation of it was a little bit misaligned in the beginning times. And then when I had this encounter with God and started like having, like going to ministry school and stuff like that, there came a point where I was just like, like, I, I realized that, that a money is a, just a tool. And so all of a sudden I didn't have this desire for great wealth. I didn't like, I didn't care. Like, I don't care if, if, uh, as long as I'm with Jesus. And mm-hmm. so I kind of like, I, I had this conflict in my spirit for a while because like, like I enjoyed business and stuff. I enjoyed kind of what I was doing, but like everything that I was taught up to that point had to do with greed and mm-hmm. manipulation when it comes to marketing and sales. So like there was some that wasn't, but most of it was based on that. And so I, I was in this great conflict where I just couldn't do it that way. There's just no way it had to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for a while, like I just kind of stalled my business out, like just did enough to get by because I didn't have, I didn't quite know where to go with it because I didn't know how to really do it without this stuff that the guru said I had to do, which didn't feel right to me. There was just different stuff that just didn't, that felt icky. Mm-hmm. And, and so like I, I, t- I basically just like, I saw it got out for this like crazy. And I ended up coming up with this kind of like this, and I broke it down to where I was like, okay, how does this actually work? Like, like, cause there's nothing bad with marketing and, and putting something out there and creating something that, that is really good for people that serves people well and stuff like that. And so I started thinking about the gospel and how, how Jesus took the, the message of the kingdom and he brought it to earth and he, and he created this, this movement of people that is today, like, like Christianity is like the biggest movement there is and all this different stuff. And I was like, okay, at the core, how did this happen? Like, what was, how did this actually, how, how did he, how did Jesus market the gospel? Like, how did he market the kingdom of heaven? Then I looked at it and it was, it's like the biggest key is authenticity where, and it started with goodness, an act of goodness where he was just showing up with love. And so, because it was, and it started with that, that turning that water into wine. That's when his ministry started. And before that, it was all the time he had spent with God. And so he was just knowing who he was, but the start of his ministry started when he turned that water into wine. And it, it was this radical act of goodness where they had run out of wine at a wedding in Cana. And they, his, his mom came to him and was like, hey, do something about this. And, she, and he's like, sorry, but it's not actually my time, which is interesting because most people want to make it their time right now mm-hmm. instead of actually like wait for when it is the right time. Anyway, that's a, that's a big one. But then he's like, no, it's not my time. But then she looks at the, the, the people that were taking care of the wedding. He's like, hey, just do what he says. And so he's like, well, okay, mom, whatever. And, and he ends up like, okay, put this water in here and they put the water in and then they okay, taste it. And it was like this amazing wine, the best wine that people had ever had. And it was just like this radical act of goodness from the goodness of, from like, it wasn't anything forced. It wasn't manipulation. It wasn't like, it was just goodness. Right. And then his whole, everything, because he did this radical act of goodness, like people start like, talking about Jesus. Like, did you hear about this? Like what happened here? Like, right. And so then he starts going around and like, like healing people where people started like, like what else can he do? Right. And so, so people start getting healed 
And before you know it, like crowds of people were following him or like, like having faith that he would heal them and stuff like that. But when they would come to him, what would he do? He would teach them. He would teach them the ways of the kingdom, the ways of truth. He'd, he'd use parables. He'd use, he'd use stories. He'd use all these different things just to teach people the truth. And that his goal was like to set, pe- like, set people free from themselves so they could experience the kingdom of heaven. So as I started looking through all this stuff, I was like, hmm, what if we create a marketing system based on that? What if we did marketing from a standpoint of a, a, a foundation of radical goodness and relationship and just showed up and love people well, uh, authentically, like with full authenticity, like fully just being real and not trying to force anything authentic. And so I was like, okay, what, what does that look like? How does, how do, how do we do this? And through the process of like thinking this stuff through, I ended up coming up with a name, uh, a way of marketing call that I call strategic goodness. And Mm. the idea is like you, you start with a foundation of radical goodness where you don't lack anything. So therefore in every moment and every, every place that you're at, you're able to show up and give, give beautifully give fully without, without like fully abundantly where you have the abundance mindset where you don't lack anything and cause, and you just show up with goodness, right? What's the best thing you can give people in that moment. And then, then, then the second thing is like with full relationship. So radical goodness combined with, with true relationship where you just have honest co- communication with people. You don't beat around the bush. You don't try to manipulate them to think a certain way. You just have honest communication. You tell stories and parables. You tell things that inspire them, that you teach them. You teach them well, like just like Jesus did. And and then thirdly, you have a strategy in place. And that strategy, like 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 Jesus had a strategy, like he was put on earth to bring the kingdom. Like he knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to going to die to set us all free. So he had a like a God had a plan, right? And so in the same way, like in marketing, like have a plan for people where you're like, how can I take them into a place of, of full breakthrough, whatever that, that thing is, then break it down. What's that transformational journey? What's that journey that you want to take them on? And so, so as you identify that, then you're, then you, then you teach it and you teach it. Well, if people don't want to stick around, they don't have to. And that's the big thing is like, you're like, you're not forcing people. You're not, you're not manipulating people. You're just showing up with goodness and, if people show stay, then they stay. If not, then they don't. Like it doesn't matter, right? And so, so like, and that's how Jesus did. He just taught, and sometimes people got angry at him because mm-hmm. he didn't care. Sometimes people left, but he didn't care because he wasn't there to try to impress them. He wasn't try there to try to prove anything to them. Like there's many times where they tried to get him to prove something. They put him on the spot, and he just didn't prove anything. Like, like he just shut up sometimes. And it's just interesting. Like, like, like he was just so free from other people and what they thought that he just was able to show up and be there in full goodness. And so, and then the last, last thing that I would, that I always add to this. So the four parts, like with radical goodness, real relationship, and then having actually being strategic about it, having a strategy, and fourth is tying it together with wisdom, which is just like make it simple and do it with excellence. Like like the gospel is simple. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. It's the best best thing we could possibly 
he could possibly give us. In the same way, like with you, when you provide something for sale, what's the best thing you can possibly give people? Don't skimp. There's no reason to. Mm -hmm. And so what's the best thing you can give people and then show up and with and make it simple and do it with excellence. Show up consistently. Be there because you're excellent because it's who you are. Right. And so so like rethinking the whole marketing aspect. And so now I'm trying to figure out how to actually apply it in different marketing aspects. But the principles stand because it's true. It's out of goodness. It's not forced. And ultimately, it works better than people that try to force things and manipulate things. In the long run, it makes a bigger difference. Yeah, it just does. Justin, what is what is some uh, some people you got to work with, and what are some stories that you've got to to that have come out of uh, your your business going through with with this this theology and mindset of running your op, running your operations. Yes. So, um, well, to be honest, for for a long time, I was kind of in the in between stage, and I didn't quite know how to apply this lot of this stuff, um, how to practically apply it, and how what it looks like. But uh, like uh, one story from my from a client of mine, uh, he like I started teaching him just about strategic goodness, and and was like, hey, take time in every moment, like identify where are the people that you're serving. So if you're like if if like, where are they at? What are they feeling? What, what problems are they facing? And also tangibly, where are they at? Like, if they're on Facebook and you're talking to people on Facebook and you're putting a post on Facebook, okay, then if they're all scrolling Facebook and seeing your posts, what mindset are they in? What are they experiencing in that moment, right? So you're identifying where people are at. Then two, um, once you've identified where they're at, meet them there with full empathy where you feel what they feel, where you know what they're going through. You meet them there with their language, with their thoughts, like authentically just meet them there. Then thirdly, what's the best thing you can give them in that moment specifically? And, and if the best thing is like, like, hey, take a moment and just close your eyes and recognize the love of God over you right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, like you're giving them something that, that helps them take the information and stuff that you're teaching because you've taken time to meet them there. You've taken time to to answer their questions, you're taking time to, to actually hear them out because you met them there with full empathy, then you're giving them the best thing for them in the moment, period. And when you do that, it'll change the way you do business. And I was, I was teaching a client this, and he he's like, okay, I like this. And he started kind of thinking in that way in the way that he does his business. And he actually went and did his – he he has – coaching he does coaching stuff and he had a, he had, i forget how many clients he had he had maybe three clients coaching clients at the time and that next week he had a couple coaching calls lined up where or it was, it was like introduction sessions you know mm -hmm. and his goal like basically sales calls in a sense but and so he just applied that those principles to his calls where he authentically just showed up was like okay where are these people actually at how can i meet them there with full empathy What's the best thing I can give them? And he ended up like closing a whole like much higher percentage than usual and ended up going, uh, I think in, in the following two weeks after just working with me, he went from three clients to 15 clients Wow! just by applying this because he started thinking differently 
about the way that he approached sales and marketing. Um, another client of mine, like in the same way, he had been to many different like trainings, gone through quite a few different trainings on marketing and stuff like that. And he's like, with just the time, like we meet in person, he's a local guy. And just a couple months that he spent with me, he's like, this is by far the most I've ever learned about marketing. He started actually like understanding and knowing how to write emails more authentically to where it actually came across as like, like he's actually just talking to people and, and meeting them where they're at and helping them in the best way possible in that moment. And as he's doing that, like, like, like his mind is blown away by the results that he's getting where people are responding. Like he set up an email campaign after people opt in and that email campaign, which, which at first when he went before, when he came to me, like he had a little bit something, but it was not converting at all. Like now it's converting mm-hmm. because he's just authentically showing up and serving people and answering their questions and actually figuring out where they're actually at. And so like really that's like that that's the story of a bunch of them a bunch of clients like once they get it once they latch on to like whoa because it's freedom too because you're not forced to try to make something happen even in business you're just showing up authentically and you're giving people the best thing for them in the moment and they're getting breakthrough they're, they're all of a sudden they're understanding how marketing works in a way that, that they didn't know like that's not hard that's easy and then they're actually applying it and it's working better than anything they have ever done it in the past anyway. And it works for a longer time because it's actually good, you know, mm-hmm. and another client of mine, like started from nothing. Um, she, she writes grants and she's, she's done it for like 26 years. And so I helped her create a program to actually teach other people how to write grants and just kind of using this stuff and applying it. And I helped her apply it and stuff. We like she's now to like over five figures a month just on selling this course, starting from nothing. And it's really cool. So just stuff like that that's happening. That's really it's just authentically good. Justin, are there any other things going on in your life that are outside of your your work that are are just amazing seeing God move in love and grace? So there, yes, um, there's a, for, for a long time. Okay. So the last couple of years I had a little bit of a, I was telling this before the, before the podcast started, but I had a couple of years where I was just in a, in a mindset funk. Um, and, and a lot of it had to do with the environment I was in and the community that was around me and the things I was being told that, that I started slowly believing that kind of shifted my gaze off of just Jesus. And so it was, it was a little bit of a rough time. And so I made a transition to transition out of that place and to, to I ended up moving to a different place, getting my own place. I ended up going to a different church and different stuff like that. And in the process of doing that, I, there's, there's a reset. There was a time for just a reset, radical reset into just knowing God and following the spirit and being full of that place of that, that place of intimacy and love. And as I did that, I started just having this, like hosting these, my goal had been every week 
to host like like this worship and prayer thing at my house where it's like anybody can, can come, right? Mm-hmm. And I would invite people and basically nobody would show up at first. It was like one person, one of my be- good friends would show up and we there and we just enjoy Jesus. We worship together and 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 it was good. Like it, like there's a couple things that happened that were just really amazing. And and through that, like uh, at first I was like, man, God, I really want to find people that are just authentically in love with you. And that, and yeah. And so I start praying that. And after a couple months of doing these, 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 these weekly things, I, I met these, these people at, at church that just started coming to the new church I was going to. And we went out to eat and we just got fired up on the goodness of God. Cause they were praying for the same thing. Mm. In fact, what was really cool is like, uh, they were praying. There's two of them that were asking God, okay, God, where, where next, where should we go to? And God highlighted at Warner Creek, the town of Warner Creek. And I live in the town of Warner Creek right now, which is kind of like my address is Sugar Creek, but it's right beside Warner Creek. So I live in the town of Warner Creek. And so they were like, like, so I was like, hey, I actually live there. Like, you, and I'm doing these worship things. You guys should come. So they ended up coming that following night. And this was a couple months ago that this started. They ended up coming the following night. And we ended up like, just like, like it was just, a night of enjoying Jesus. I don't know how else to say it. That's why I call it enjoying Jesus nights. We're just like worshiping and praying and, and like, we're fully just enjoying intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that evening, like we had that, the, we had an incredible moment of just enjoying his love and his goodness. And then we ended up going to an Applebee's afterwards and we started just praying for the waitress and like, she started crying and we blessed her and just like, just it was just gospel. It was this natural outflow. Like it was not like we weren't planning to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. It was just like the natural out, outflow. And that's what happened. Like then we ended up another night, we ended up going to like a local coffee house and we just prayed for everybody in the coffee house. We're just like, we're just going to go pray for people. And we had like words for them and they were just, people were blown away. And it's not, it's just natural Christian life, you know? And so it's like... I'd like to add that 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 falls right into the verse that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. What's going on really inside will come out. And when you see it, when you see um, people reaching out and, and trying to reach and touch and be Jesus to them... And share that it's really good and almost every single time I've ever seen or been in that situation I t- I, I almost start to cry in, in just how beautiful the situation is just it's it's we need more of this more of this going on so yeah, keep going I'm sorry I interrupted you that's so good man I love that because it is it's the abundance of the heart and we're like where your heart is, there is your treasure, and like like that's where your that's where things will happen, and it just flows from you. And it's not forced; it's just reality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just who you are. You can't help it. You can't help but go and pray for people and hug people and and walk with them. So that's something that's been happening lately. That that we've just been we've just been intentionally doing life together. And there's a small group of us that are just really enjoying Jesus and going after that and being intentional about it. And we've had some ups and downs with relationship stuff 
as we get to know each other and 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 different stuff that but it's real it's authentic and that's all right like those things come up like we get to know how to through maturity deal with them mm-hmm. right and so so th- that's the something that that's been happening that's been just super exciting and just super fun like like it's 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 real just like it's past monday night we came together we have this we ended up also getting this little prayer shack that was already built like seven years ago to be a prayer shack but it was never finished so we went in and we finished it enough to be able to be in there and so we just meet there and we just hang out and we have worship and we talk and we 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 fight things through or we we discuss things through and we we just we just genuinely love jesus together um that's just beautiful that's the fun thing awesome justin what's a good way for people to get a hold of you so uh, that's a really good question um the best thing would honestly just be connect with me on facebook or go to look up strategic goodness on facebook and there's a group that should co- come up a facebook group that i have that i i'm in sometimes lately not as much as i want to be but um yeah that's i i would feel that's the best way i don't have anything else set up at this moment but yeah justin thank you for joining us um we'd love to have you back on here on the podcast and guys we love for you to like comment share subscribe to this get this out people need to hear this just as much as you have got to experience this through our eyes other people need to see that as well so guys thank you so much for joining us here on the love and grace podcast and we will see you next time right here